0: Welcome to Decrypt, Asia's first blockchain and cryptocurrency podcast. I'm your host, Tushar. Each week, we take a deep dive into the Asian blockchain scene with investors, technologists, and industry insiders. Go to decrypt.asia to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Telegram to join in the discussions. Hi, guys. Our guest for today's show is Aditya Mishra, co-founder and COO of Zenprevex. Zenprevex is an umbrella company with different product offerings in the blockchain and crypto space. One of their first products is the 108 token, which is a token representing an indexed fund with the top 15 cryptocurrencies rebalanced on a monthly basis. Prior to his journey in the blockchain space, Aditya or Adi was involved in the secondary private equity markets. Welcome to the show, Adi.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: So before we dig into what you're doing, could you tell us a little bit about your background, when and how you got involved with cryptocurrencies and what that journey has been like?
1: Sure, so uh, I'll actually talk about the team since I'm representing uh, the team on the show. Uh, Our background is quite diverse. We have experience in venture capital, in managing funds, in uh, private banking, Uh, And so on and so forth. So uh, one of my colleagues used to be a VC for seven or eight years Uh, Another colleague uh, has extensive experience in banking uh, and my uh, me myself as well. So uh, That's us in a nutshell. We got involved in crypto a few years back in fact and uh, It came about through an email from one of our friends in the valley Uh, It was more like an essay explaining why this thing is going to be powerful and why this is going to change the world. Uh, And for us, it was more uh, about believing in the thesis, but more importantly, believing in the person from whom we received uh, the email in the Valley. Um, And that's how we got introduced to crypto. Uh, Once we got sucked into the rabbit hole, it was essentially um, eye-opening experience from there.
0: Sounds good. So you've got Zenprevex, which is your parent company of the 108 token or 108 token, as you call it. Uh, And you've got multiple verticals as part of Zenprevex within the blockchain and crypto space. So what are you trying to do with Zenprevex? I mean, we're going to focus on the 108 token, but I just want to kind of get a high level idea of what you're trying to do with Zenprevex.
1: So ZenProvex, or uh, ZPX for short, originally started off as a platform to facilitate late-stage pre-IPO transactions in tech. Um, We dabbled in a number of late-stage transactions and some leading names uh, globally. Our original thesis was if we can use the blockchain to tokenize shares of uh, certain leading names in tech across the world. But what we very quickly realized that that was a huge regulatory and compliance challenge, uh, especially a year and a half back or so. So as ZPX, we currently focus on three or four different things. Uh, One of them is, at the moment, we're focused on 108 token. 108 token is an index token that tracks the top 15 cryptocurrencies and rebalances them on a monthly basis. But we also have an in-house research arm called Satoshi & Co, which creates quarterly and weekly reports and sells to both individuals and institutional clients. The third thing we're pretty excited about is we are building out our own uh, decentralized exchange on top of uh, 0x, I guess a more technical term would be a relayer for 0x Uh, and we do a few other I guess investment opportunities as well under ZPX. So the goal with ZPX is to cover the full stack of crypto as the crypto and blockchain
0: market evolves over the years. All right, that's very interesting. I mean, I wish uh, we had enough time today to kind of go through all of the different verticals. Unfortunately, I think we only have enough time to go through 108, which is what I understand uh, your first product. So coming to the 108 token, you mentioned a couple of things. You, you said you focus on the top 15 currencies. You rebalance monthly. And I want to get into all of that. I just, I'm just curious, what's the story behind the name? Why 108?
1: there's a few different reasons. That's a great question. So a few different reasons why uh, 108. So we did extensive backtesting on various different uh, permutations and combinations of what an ideal portfolio for uh, crypto might look like. Uh, We tested for everything from 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 and 30 uh, tokens. And we also adjusted the frequencies of rebalancing these tokens. So we tested for daily rebalancing, monthly, weekly, uh, quarterly, biannually, and annually. What we realized is the thesis of the methodology that we finally uh, came to is if someone put $1 on January 1st, 2017, basis of our methodology, they got 108 dollars on january 7th 2018 so that was the all-time high what's more interesting is even in a down market uh so i mean since january we've pretty much uh, been in a sideways market the token has held its value at somewhere in the 70 to 75 dollar range so um in bond trading there's a term called you know a high convexity trade so basically an investor would capture a lot of value when the market's going up but not lose as much value when the market is going down so one of the reasons was because it's it gave 100 times uh, 108 times uh, return on capital invested the second reason was more from uh, mythology so uh, drawing from vedic dharmic uh, mythology. And then basically we realized that 108 is a really powerful number all, all across Asia. So we realized it's a powerful number in Japan, in Korea, in some parts of China. Uh, so that's why, I mean, it, it worked out for us in both
0: ways. Super interesting, man. Um, So there were a couple of other things that you mentioned in your white paper as well. So, you know, we've talked about why you chose the top 15 currencies and why you're going to rebalance on a monthly basis. Uh, The other concept which a lot of investors don't get or don't consider before making investments is um, you focus on the supply adjusted market cap. Could you talk a little bit more about what that is and why that's very important to consider? Uh, before trying to identify any investment opportunities,
1: sure, that's a, another great question. So basically, we use uh, supply-adjusted market cap to identify the top fifteen, and we use a website called OnChain FX yeah. to basically derive uh, the supply-adjusted market cap. What supply-adjusted market cap, I guess, in layman's terms, means is basically we take the market cap of these crypto networks as they would be in 2050. So it's very important to understand that Bitcoin, for example, you know, it's, there's only ever going to be 21 million Bitcoin, but the 21st million Bitcoin is going to be mined in 90 to 100 years from where we are at the moment. So in order to be able to create a hedged and fair uh, market opportunity, We picked the supply adjusted market cap as of the supply in 2050 rather than taking it as of today.
0: Yep, that makes sense. So coming back to the 108 uh, token, how does it work? You know, does one token represent one USD and do you start with an NAV of one or how does it work exactly?
1: Yeah, great. Before I uh, jump into that, I'd like to get into why we actually decided to do one hundred and eight tokens. So, so absolutely,
0: yeah.
1: This time around, uh, last July, we started getting a lot of calls from friends uh, to whom we've been trying to explain Bitcoin for many years and other crypto networks as well. All of a sudden, there was a lot of interest uh, in allocating capital. Uh, what they realized is, you know or at least what they felt at that point in time was they had missed out uh, on the board with Bitcoin. So they started asking us about Ripple or they started asking us about Cardano or all of these various different tokens, crypto networks that were emerging. Um, as the frequency of these calls and emails started increasing, we went to the drawing board and we decided to create something that would simplify the entire asset class for folks who are trying to access it. Um, At the moment, it's still, for an average investor, it's still non-trivial to be able to figure out where to buy this, where to hold it, where to store it. Uh, When I say it, I mean any crypto tokens in the market. Um, So the reason we put 108 together was to basically simplify the entire asset class while providing a high growth opportunity within, within the asset class. And as I mentioned, you know, if someone put $1 on January 1st, 2017, they got $108 January 7, 2018, but 2017 was a bit of a crazy year, but we still are somewhere uh, at 300 to $400 billion in terms of entire market cap that exists uh, in the crypto assets. And as soon as institutional capital starts deploying, we're going to see that number jump to anywhere between $1.5 to $2 trillion market cap. So, and a lot of that capital is actually going to go into the top 15 or even the top 10 because those are the most liquid names and it's easier to access those. So the reason we did that, the reason we created 108 was essentially to facilitate easy access to the entire asset class. What 108 token does is, if you're an average investor uh, who traditionally does, let's say equities, for example, you can take one to 3% of what you're holding and you can allocate that into the crypto asset class using a single token which gives you diversified access to 15. Or if you are an active crypto trader and you're sitting uh, in front of your screen all day and you're looking for an easy way to access the entire asset class, you can take five to 10% of what you're holding in BTC or Ethereum and basically allocate to 108 token as a passive strategy that would continue to grow. More importantly, we're also talking to a number of uh, ICOs who are looking for treasury management tools. Um, And we're offering 108 token as a potential treasury management tool to them as well.
0: So I'm going to get into that, uh, especially the last bit of uh, where you're trying to sort of do the treasury management for companies that have done ICOs. Uh, But before that why tokenize why not take fiat straight, you know, I think bitwise in the US is doing that Uh, There are obviously some regulatory constraints with that It was that your logic in terms of um, trying to tokenize it because I think you you might have been able to capture sort of a bigger market uh, Just taking on fiat straight because right now your market would be more in terms of people who are already comfortable holding tokens
1: yeah, absolutely. So uh, the reason why we decided to tokenize is we see the world heading into that direction over the next few years. Uh, and I think that's part of our macro thesis. In the at the same breath, a number of uh, VCs and traditional VCs were reaching out to us last year as well, asking us if we can help them tokenize their VC funds. Um, one of the reasons Why we wanted to tokenize this was also because we wanted to run through the entire regulatory compliance and technical stack to be able to understand how this entire process works. And I think a year in we're pretty well equipped to answer a variety of questions across uh, across any of those different stacks that I mentioned. So the reason broadly is From a macro standpoint, we strongly believe that the world is moving into tokenization. And as uh, Coinbase, Circle, uh, Fidelity and others create institutional rails, uh, we'll start seeing a lot more traditional assets being tokenized as well. So rather than building for six months back or now, we're trying to build for the future.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So let's go through the end-to-end journey of the investment process for our listeners. So if I want to invest in your tokenized fund or the 108 token, what do I do?
1: So first off, you go to uh, 108token.com. You'll have easy access to the white paper. You'll have easy access to the light paper. If you're not interested in reading 64 pages of the white paper, most of the information is covered. (laughs) In the light paper, Uh, there's also a very uh, friendly and educative uh, video where you can access what exactly we're doing and get a better sense of uh, what we're trying to achieve. If you are sold, uh, there is a simple buy button uh, where you can go and register. Um, You go through the KYC process. We use a third party provider for the KYC. In case anyone faces any issues, you can shoot us an email and we're pretty fast on uh, response times. Um, As soon as your KYC is done, we'd request you to, so now there's two ways to access the token. One is you can access via fiat uh, and the minimums are 5,000 US or you can access the token via Bitcoin or Ethereum as a currency. Um, once you have chosen one or the other we request you to set up your wallet to receive the token and we basically lock in the net asset value for you at that point in time and the tokens once they are issued they would be issued at the spot price of Bitcoin and Ethereum on the day of the issuance so it's fair for everyone however as an early investor, you do get a discounted net asset value of starting off with one dollar for the next 10 days. And then it's going to be a dollar and five cents following which it was going to be a dollar and 10 cents
0: now. Okay. Okay. So just on that bit, so your NAV might not actually, so after the next 10 days, I mean, I think the podcast is going to go live uh, in about a week's time. So I guess it'll be three days uh, for when the listeners are listening. So could you give the date to be more exact? So when when does that early access period end? When you can get it at a dollar?
1: For your listeners, maybe we can do a referral code. But at the moment, it ends on uh, 29th of June.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, And so regardless of what the NAV is beyond 29th of June, you're going to move to $1.05. That's right. Okay. Okay. All right. I mean, okay. If if that's how you're looking to incentivize people to buy early, um, do you plan to be listed on exchanges as well? Will the 108 token be liquid in the future?
1: Absolutely. So uh, we are, Since we have our own decentralized exchange, the token will be listed uh, on that called Zen Relay. Um, We're also in discussions with Bancor to set up a Bancor Relayer. Um, One of the founders of Bancor, Eyal, is an advisor to us on the token and has been very helpful in the process. We're also in discussions with two exchanges, one in the Philippines and one in uh, Taiwan. So we expect it to be listed on at least three to four exchanges by the time we're done with the token sale.
0: Okay. And do you think there's a possibility of the 108 token trading at a premium or a discount to the underlying assets that you have or to the NAV?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, an example of that is uh, GBTC. GBTC has been trading uh, for a premium and it's predominantly just holding BTC. So um, there's definitely a possibility for either and it completely depends on uh, supply and demand. We do understand that cryptos are a very volatile market.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you will not be doing anything to kind of make sure that the uh, that the actual token price is, you know, sort of trading closely to the NAV. You kind of want to dis- let the market decide uh, the pricing of the token. Is that it?
1: So the market has the ability to decide. The other option uh, for potential investors is if they come to Zen Relay at any given point in time, 108 token itself will have a buy order built into uh, Zen Relay, which would match the underlying NAV of the token as well. So we try to facilitate liquidity from that standpoint as well.
0: Okay. So as an investor, how how do I know that you actually have the underlying assets that you say you do? I, I've bought the token, and and you say you know you have these top 15 currencies rebalanced on a monthly basis. But how, how do I know? Like how like how do I feel secure? Or like how do I kind of verify that you actually hold these assets is there a way to do that
1: yeah so we use a third-party custodian to manage our assets um, we also use multi-sig uh, on a specific case on a specific case use by use basis as well so if someone has a doubt about if we are actually holding these tokens they can always check with one of our third-party custodians.
0: Okay. Um, So a little, a little while back, you had mentioned that you're looking at the companies that have done ICOs to do treasury management for them. So in terms of your clientele, who would your biggest target clients be? Are you looking at people who are crypto friendly? This could be companies who've done ICOs and you want to manage their treasury, or you're looking at sort of high net worth individuals, family offices, and offer them an easy way to invest into your diversified portfolio. Or are you looking to cater to the retail investors as well? And it's sort of like a you don't really have a very well-defined target market. You're kind of just targeting anyone who wants to, you know, do passive crypto investing by holding on to your token.
1: Sure. So I think uh, from an energy perspective, a lot of our energy is going into speaking with ICOs who've raised in dollar equivalent more than $10 million. Um. We also, by virtue of our legacy business, we have relationships with a number of family offices in MENA and Southeast Asia. So a lot of them are allocating anywhere between 1% to 3% of their portfolios because this makes it easy for them. Uh, So those are the two target markets where our energies are focused. And then organically, we're seeing growth in... uh, smaller retail investors also who are looking to participate uh, but it's not like we're going out and aggressively marketing the token at the moment
0: and is there a particular amount that you're looking to raise or is there a particular number of 108 tokens that are going to be there um, as the initial supply
1: so as things stand uh, i think we're looking to raise anywhere between 20 to 30 million dollars Um, the number of tokens would actually be dependent on the actual amount that we raise at the end. So the token issuance would happen once we have, uh, the capital in place.
0: And uh, in terms of competition, do you know any other players that are trying to do something similar? I know, I know there are companies that are trying to like for bitwise, for example, has Um, is doing something similar, but again, you know, their value proposition is a little bit different because they take on fiat. But do you know any other companies that are trying to do uh, what you're doing in terms of a tokenized index fund?
1: I think we're the only ones in Asia. There's a couple of index funds that are emerging, but like you said, everyone has their own different value proposition. Um, as far as our value proposition stands, I think we're the only ones in Asia. Uh, there may be a couple of other players uh, from Europe that are looking to explore something similar as well. We do feel that you know in the future there will be, as more people get interested, there will be more interest coming in uh, for index-like products in the space, and the indexation methodologies will evolve significantly as well. As far as we know, the indexation methodology uh, that we have picked has outperformed most in the market, um, but that, that's to the best of my knowledge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are there any particular regulations that prevent individuals or companies um, from any particular jurisdiction from purchasing or investing in your token? Have you run into so we any trouble?
1: So we don't accept uh, US persons, um, I
0: think that's a generic one. <laughs> yeah, <for it. laughs> that's a, yeah, I think that's like a blanket statement in crypto, uh, yeah, un- unless, un- unless you're an accredited investor, but you don't take on accredited, like US accredited investors either.
1: No, we do not take any US persons as part of the token. Uh, and for Singapore, we only will accept qualified purchases from Singapore, meaning mostly just the ICOs from Singapore.
0: Okay. Okay. But well, would you say you're a security token?
1: That is an interesting question. So in the jurisdiction that we've structured out of, uh, since we are neither a debt or an equity instrument, we are not classified as a security, but these things tend to change. So. One of the main requirements for us has been to do the AML and KYC on every single investor, uh, which we are following by working with third-party enablers. Um, We're constantly keeping track of if any of the laws change with regards to uh, securities or utilities.
0: Okay. And from a timeline perspective, when do you expect to close your sale? When can investors expect to receive their tokens in the wallets?
1: We expect to close in the next 45 days from okay. now. So early August is the timeline.
0: Okay. Um, and do you have a minimum uh, in terms of how much you're looking to raise? Um, beyond which I, I guess if, if the amount is below that, then you're probably going to return Uh, the investment amounts. Is there some sort of a soft cap that you have?
1: Yeah. So we created a $5 million soft cap. Okay. But we already passed the $5 million. Okay.
0: Amazing. I I, I guess (laughs) congratulations.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. Okay. So before we end, I just want to get your outlook on the blockchain space in general. Are there any key areas of development within this ecosystem that particularly excites you, I know you're involved with multiple verticals uh, as part of your uh, role with Zentrivex. but is this anything that you know you think over the next one year or so is, is going to boom or is, is something that really excites you?
1: Yeah, I think what's really exciting to us is just seeing how uh, institutional rails are created and institutional capital comes online. Uh, a lot of us in the space were expecting that to happen sometime in this timeline. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that piece evolves. It's also very exciting to see that the SEC has uh, come out and announced that Bitcoin and Ethereum are not securities. Um, so that kind of opens up uh, the ICO process and capital formation process in the U S and that would be quite interesting to explore and see how that evolves as well.
0: Absolutely. I think that was a, that was a breather for, uh, for quite a few people. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, and there was obviously a little bit of price action related to that announcement.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Any last comments from your end? Where can people and potential investors follow your developments? You mentioned your website, 108token.com. Any other platforms that you're very active on?
1: So we do have a Telegram community as well, where we're pushing various different updates across our businesses. Uh, The Telegram handle is called ZPX Community. At the moment, the focus there is 108token, but we'll start pushing various different aspects as well. Um, if someone is looking to learn more about just the industry in general and keep track of what's happening uh, our blog and research team are fantastic so you can check out our blog uh, which is linked on 108 token as well
0: cool Um, anything else you would want to talk about that we may not have covered in this interview i think i'm good Yeah. All right. I think that's a good note to end the interview. Thank you very much, Adi, for taking the time out to come speak with us. Thank you, Tushar. Thanks a lot. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Telegram. And subscribe to our newsletter on Decrypt.asia. This is your host, Tushar. Thank you for listening.